The last thing we were discussing was if if a thief steals from another thief, he does not have to pay double. And the Rav said that's only if the original owner didn't give up yet. But if the original owner already gave up, at that point the the first thief acquired it. And now the second thief has to pay the first thief the double. Rav Shishat didn't like that because... There's a Braita that Rabbi Akiva explains the reason for paying four and five is because you root yourself in sin and it can't mean after the original owner gave up on it because then it belongs to the robber and why should he pay times four times five? Rather, you have to say Yush by itself, it does not help the, the thief acquire it. And the Gemara explained the Rav according to what the Rabbah explained. What does that mean? He ruled himself in sin. It's sort of a Torah punishment. You didn't do Teshuvah, so now you have to pay times four times five. So technically speaking, we could be speaking before Yehush. And with that, we're going to start Samach Hayat five lines in, where it says Tashema. And the Gemara is going to ask another question on Rav from a Braithat. Tashema, Utvaho o Mecharo. Why is the slaughtering next to the selling? The same way, this when you when you slaughter the animal, it doesn't come back to life. Same thing. We're talking about a sale that doesn't come back. Now, emat. What are we talking about? If we're talking about before the original owner gave up, why doesn't it go back? It belongs to the original owner and it's not a sale. Rather, we're talking about after the original owner gave up. Now, if you hold that Yush by itself works and the thief now acquires it, why is he paying times four times five? He's slaughtering and selling his own. It doesn't belong to the owner anymore. That That's why you have to say that Yush by itself does not work. It doesn't make a change possessions. There has to be some sort of change. And the Gemara responds, no, could be we're talking about he sold it before the original owner gave up. And Kid Amar of Nahman, like Rav Nahman said, Parat Rav Nahman explained a different case that a forever sale means if you, let's say you sold for 30 days and then it's going to come back, that's not a real sale. You would not have to pay times four times five. Same thing over here. The question we're asking on Rav could be Rav will explain. Coming to exclude a case where you only sold it for 30 days, then you wouldn't have to pay times four times five. But could very well be we're talking about where he, slaughter, where he slaughtered it or he sold it before the original owner gave up. So here's another question from a bright time. Ganav, if someone stole something from his friend, and now another person came and stole it from the from the thief, the first thief has to pay the double to the original owner, and the second thief only has to pay principal. Here's another rule, another din. Ganav If someone stole something then he sold it and then someone else came and stole it from the buyer the first thief has to pay times four times five and the second thief has to has to pay double here's a third halacha if someone stole an animal slaughtered to and then 
someone else came and took all the meat, stole all the meat. The original thief, the slaughterer, has to pay times four times five to the original owner. The second thief, doesn't have to pay double. He only has to pay principal. This is the Brayta so far. Look at the second din in the middle. It says, If someone uh, stole something and sold it, and then someone else came and stole it from the new buyer, the first one pays times four times five to the original owner. The second thief only has to pay double. What are we talking about? If we're talking about a case where the thief sold it before the original owner gave up, why does the second one have to pay double? If there's a change of possession without the original owner giving up, does anyone say that that works, that the acquisition works? Meaning over here, since the original owner never gave up, it was never the thief's to, to sell. And therefore, the the second thief shouldn't have to pay double. Rather, we're talking about after the Yush, after the original owner gave up. Now, if you want to say Yush by itself acquires, then why does he have to pay times four times five? He sold his own animal. And here's another question on Rav, even from the beginning of the Brayta, the Katane says in the British, if someone stole it, and then someone stole it from the first thief, the first thief has to pay double, and the second thief only has to pay principal. And here's the question of, we're talking about after the original owner gave up, because that's the way we understood the, the, the middle part. Now, if you want to say that Yush by itself changes possessions, why is the second thief only having to pay principal? Technically, when there was a Yush, the first thief now acquires it, and when the second thief comes in and steals it, well, he has to pay double to the thief, to the first thief. Rather, you have to say that Yush does not acquire anything. Nothing changes possessions through just giving up. And it's a problem on Rav who said Yush by itself works. I think my answer is Do you really think this Braita that you brought is a perfect Braita? There's no questions on it. If I look at the, the last part, it says If the thief stole it, slaughtered it, and someone else came and stole the meat. The first thief has to pay times four times five. And the second one only has to pay principal. Now, is there anyone who holds that if you do a change to the item, it doesn't uh, change possessions? Meaning once the original thief slaughtered it, it changed, now he acquires it. So when the second thief steals it, he should have to pay double for it, at least to the first thief. So here's the thing, you can't say we're talking about after Yush. Rather, you have to explain the entire Baita is before Yush. You to switch the dinim of the Sefa to the middle, the middle to the Sefa, and this is the way to explain the, the middle and the, the end. 
and learn as follows. Ganav umachar If someone stole it and then sold it to someone else and then a thief, a second thief came and stole it from the buyer. Harishon mishem shumer The first thief has to pay times four times five to the original owner. And the second thief only has to pay principal. Because if there was a change of possession without Yush, it does not, there is no acquisition over here. In other words, uh, the, the buyer never actually bought the item because it wasn't the thief's to sell. Now, if someone stole it, and then slaughtered it, and then someone else came and uh, stole the, the, the slaughtered animal. The first thief, the slaughterer, has to pay times four times five to the original owner. And, and the second thief has to pay double to the first thief. Because the first thief acquired it when he slaughtered it. He did an action to change the animal. Now, Rav Papa, you don't have to start flipping our Braita. You could always say, Sefa Bechamai. The last part of the Braita is like Bechamai. They hold that even if you did a, a change to the actual item, it doesn't mean anything. It still belongs to the original owner. And that's why, even if uh, the uh, second thief came and stole the slaughtered animal, it means nothing. And it belongs to the original owner, and the first thief has to pay everything the times four times five. Now the problem with all this is ihachi. If you want to say there's nothing wrong with the breita, and we're not flipping the sefer with the mitziat with the middle kashiare shavn tziat aderav. So the the first part and the middle part is is contradicting according to Rav. According to the first part, the second thief doesn't have to pay double to the first thief, and according to the sefer, the second thief would have to pay the double. So Amar Avizavid le'olam kula lefniyush. Now you have to say the whole Brayta is talking about before the original owner gave up, and we're not going to flip the, the second part and the third part. Rather like this, this last part we're going to say like Rav Papa that it's Bet Shemai, v'hacha b'may askinan, and in the middle part, what do we say? What are we talking about? Shenit Yashua be'alim belokeach v'lo nit Yashua beganab. The original owners, when the person stole from them, they didn't give up yet. But when he sold it to someone else, at that point, they gave up. There was Yush over here. So the buyer now has it. And at that point, the, the second thief has to pay double to the, to the, the buyer. And the, the original thief has to pay times four times five. Because that's it. By the time he sold it, now they gave up. So there was, uh, at this point, you, since you sold it, you have to pay times four times five since it's never coming back. It's not because we need Yush and a change of possession. Meaning by Ganav, even if there was just Yush, for Av, that's good enough to change possessions. And it's good enough to make the second thief pay double. Ella, the reason the Braita mentioned the case where there was no Yush by the when it was by the first thief, the only possible way for both thieves to have to pay extra is in this type of uh, type of case where the first person stole it, sold it to a second, then there was the Yush, and then the, the second thief came in and stole, and only in that type of case. You'd have both thieves paying extra times four times five for the first one times two for the second one.
And because of that, because of the seminal case, we also said in the, the first part that we're talking about before Yehush, and that's why it doesn't, the, the second thief doesn't have to pay double. Next, Itmar. If, if someone stole something, and and he sold it before the original owner gave up on it. Rav Nachman Amar Hayav, Rav Sheshat Amar Patur. Rav Nachman said he has to pay times four times five because the sale was a sale, and Rav Sheshat said he is Patur because it wasn't a sale. Rav Nachman Amar Hayav because Umcharo Amar Nachman the pasuk said he and he sold it. Vehazabin at the end of the day. He sold it. It didn't make a difference. Loshana lifnei yush, loshana leharish. Doesn't make a difference before after yush. Rav Sheshat Amar Patur because Hayuve lehar yushu deanu maasav. His his obligation to pay times four times five is only after yush because at that point his actions took effect. His avalifnei yush, but if if he sold it before yush, deanu maasav, his actions didn't take effect. He didn't do anything. He's not obligated to pay times four times five. We need it to be like a shita where his actions take effect, and if he sold it before you, should, it is, the actions didn't take effect. And Amar of Sheshat, the reason that he holds that it's not a sale, and therefore he does not have to pay times four times five, where am I saying this from? The Tanya, Amar because he learns it from Rabbi Akiva. What's the reason in the Torah says you have, if you slaughtered it or sold it, you have to pay times four times five? Because he was rooted into sin, and it sounds like because he sold it, and now his uh, his sin took effect. Emat. Now, when is this happening? At If you're talking before the the owner gave up on it, it was he rooted in the, the sin? It's not a sale. You have to say it's after this, after the Yush, that's when the sale took place. So you see, we're only talking about after Yush, like Rav Sheshat. And the Gemara pushes away because Amarava, maybe, what does that mean, rooted in sin? He, he, he sinned on top of his sin. He now sold it. So he doubled the sin. That's why you have to charge him times four times five, but it could definitely be before Yush. So the Gemara tries to bring another proof to Rav Sheshat. It says, You slaughtered it, you sold it. The same way slaughtering, it doesn't come back. After the slaughtering, same thing when selling, it has to be a real sale. When? Before he gave up on it, why didn't he go back? You have to say it's after Yush. You have to, well, you understand from here that you only obligated the four, times four times five if you sold it after Yush. The Gemara says no, because the Gemara of Nachman explained the Brayta as prat yom. It's coming to exclude a case that if you sold it for thirty days. That's not a real sale. It's only if you sold it forever. So now the Gemara brings a proof to Rav Sheshat. Rav Sheshat said it's not a sale. And that's why he's patur from times four times five, unless there was Yush. V'af Rebil Azar Savar Chiyuvei Lehar Yushu. So Rebil Azar holds like Rav Sheshat that the obligation of times four times five is only after Yush. Amar Rebil Azar Teda Shistam Geneva Yush Ba'alim. You should just know when there ever is a theft, even if it's a pickpocket theft, the owner gave up on it. We're saying that whenever the owner finds out, he's going to right away give up on it. It was stolen, I'm never getting it back. And then Afkamina would be as if it was sold right away. If a person stole it and sold it right away, didn't even wait a, a couple of hours, just sold it right away, does it count or not? Right. So we're saying that it is. It counts. Why? 
you see the Torah said if you slaughtered or you sold it, you have to pay times four times five. Vidil Maloyash, wait a second, maybe he never had Yush, maybe he never gave up on it. Maybe six months later, six years later, he never gave up on it. So why should he be Hayava times four times five? So therefore, Elalav, you have to say, Mishum Damrin at Stam Geneva, Yush Balim He. You have to say, because usually Stam Geneva, when there's a Geneva, usually the owner gives up. So now the Gemara's question on Elazar, Vidil Mahafagav Deloi Ash. Maybe you have to pay times four times five, even if you didn't give up. So I'm ready. My response is Don't think that because Dumiyadit Viha has to be like the slaughtering. We're talking about where whatever his actions actually took effect. Meaning the same way by Shaita's actions took effect, you can't go back on it. Same thing by selling his actions took effect, you can't go back on it. And if we're talking about before Yush, Mayanud and what he do, it was never a sale. And from this, Rabbi Lazar learned that you're only obligated on uh, on selling a stolen item after Yush. So now the Gemara has a question on Rabbi Lazar. Vidilma the Shamainadeash, maybe when when Rabbi Lazar said that we're obligating to pay times four times five is because we heard him explicitly say, I give up. But maybe if he never gave up, maybe he doesn't have to sell times four times five because he, it was never a real sale. So Amre Lasa Kalatah, you don't have to say that. Why? Because Dumiaditviha. Because it has to be like the sale Mateviha Alterf, Mechira Alter. The same way with Shita, even if you did it right away, it counts and you'd have to pay times four times five. Same thing if you sold it right away, you have to pay times four times five because it counts. So now Amr the Rabbi Yohanan, Rabbi Yohanan has a question to Rabbi Lazar. Genevad benefesh tochiyah, she'en yush ba'anim v'chayav. But if someone kidnaps a person and sells him, that that could be the biggest proof. Because if someone steals a person and sells him, kidnaps a person and sells him, no one ever gives up on himself. And the rule is v'chayav, the the thief, the person who kidnapped the person, he if he sold someone, he's hayav mita. Even if even if the person himself never gave up on himself, but still. If you kidnap a person and sold them, you have mita, meaning it counts, even if there was no yush. Sagama so wants to understand Miklal. It sounds like the Savar Bihanan Lifne Yush Hayav. It sounds like Rabbi Yohanan holds that if someone st- uh, stole something, something and sold it and or, or slaughtered it before Yush, Yuhayav times four times five. The question is, Lahari Ushmai, what would be the deen after Yush? Do you hold that Yush by itself is con and your patur from paying the times four times five because it belongs to you? Or do we say that Rabbi Yohan holds that Yush by itself is not con, it doesn't change possessions, and therefore whatever you know, whatever you did it actually counts, and then I have to pay times four times five. And the Gemara says, Rabbi Yohanan Amar Hayav. Rabbi Yohanan holds that if someone sells after Yush, Hayav, Rish Lakish Amar Patur. Rabbi Yohanan Amar Hayav, because Hayuve ben Feyush ben Hayush doesn't make a difference. The Ganav is Hayav times four times five on selling, doesn't make a difference before or after Yush. Yush is not Kone, and therefore anyone who sells after it, too bad. Rish Amar Patur, because Hayuve Lifne Yush, Rish Lakish holds. That you're only obligated to pay if it happened before Yush. That's it. Kana, it belongs to the thief. He's slaughtering and selling his own thing. So he doesn't have to pay times four times five. He just has to pay for the actual item. So now, Eti Verb Yohanan Resh Lakish. Rabbi Yohanan has a question from Resh Lakish from the Baraita. If someone stole something, then he was Mekadesh it, and then he slaughtered it. He has to pay double, he does not have to pay times four, times five. When? 
if before the owner gave up, is it even Kadosh? The person is Makdish's house. The same way his house is his, you could only be Makdish, things that are yours. What are we talking about? After the, the owner gave up. And because he was Makdishit, that's why he does not have to pay times four times five. Because he was Makdish, what belongs to the Kodesh. If he was not Makdish, then Tavach Meshalem, Tashlum Abavach Meshal. If he slaughtered, he has to pay times four times five, even though it's after Yehush. Now, now, if you hold that Yehush by itself it changes possessions, um, then why does he have to pay for the slaughtering? At that point, it belongs to him. Now, he only has to pay for the animal, and he's slaughtering and selling his own. Rather, you have to say that Yehush by itself does not work. Amar Leresh, Lakish responded, What are we dealing with in this right? When it says Ve'egdish, means the original owner was Magdishit while the uh, while the thief has it. So the thief stole it, the owner was Magdishit, and then he slaughtered it. So there's really no proof that Yehush doesn't work, because could be we're talking about before there was Yehush. And if the owner was not Magdishit, he would be Hayav four times four times five. So it's not clear. The Gemara asks, Umi Kadosh, but can an owner be Magdish something that a thief is holding? If someone stole something and the original owner didn't give up yet, the, the both the owner and the thief can cannot be Magdishit. The thief cannot be Magdishit because it really doesn't belong to him. And the owner can't be Magdishit because it's not in his hands. So Amre, the Gemara, responds, that Rish Lakish, who the Amalekites Noin, he holds like the Tzenoin, the modest people. They hold that you could be Magdish things, even though it's not in your Rishut, the Tanana Tzenoin, the modest people, the Hasidim, they have Kerem Revai, meaning these are grapes that you have to eat in Yerushalayim. And the problem is, people are walking by and they're just plucking grapes and they're eating, and it's a big problem. So, so they leave money on the side and they say, Look, anything that is plucked by people and they eat it, it that Kedusha of that fruit that they ate is going to be transferred to this pile of cash. And Resh Lakish holds like them that you could be making something even though it's not in your hands. Now, the problem, Tosafot, that's this big Tosafot on the bottom right. It starts from the middle right, is that we could say that the reason that the presence could be Makdish things that the people pluck is because it's Yehush Yelomidat. We'll say that the people just gave up on it. You know, people are just uh, plucking things off and you give up on it. And that's why the Yehush counts. But the problem is we found a lot of places that you could be Makdish something or Mahalil something without the person knowing about it. Tosfot explains it's because we were allowed to do something good for someone behind his back. But we still have no proof that you could be Makadish something in someone else's hands. And there's a Tosfot of Peretz in the name of the Ritzbah who argues on Tosfot and says, No, you could only say Zachin is when the person himself can do it and the thief cannot do it. When he's just plucking grapes off a tree, he can't do it. 
And that's why you have to say that Ishlakish holds, you can be Magdishir things even though they're in someone else's hands. Now the Gemara asks, meaning once the owner was Makdishit, at that point it left his hands, it's now in Hekdesh's hands, and it's as if it's not in the thief's hands, and therefore at that point forward, he's not Hayav even double. It's not in his hands, even though he's holding it, it's in Hekdesh's hands, wherever the Hekdesh is, it's in Hekdesh's hands, and just him holding it means nothing. So the Gemara responds, we're talking about a situation, we're talking about a situation where they already came to Betidin. And that's why he has to pay double. So the Gemara asks, okay, so what exactly happened? Betidin gave a psaq and they said, go outside, give it to him already. You owe him double, give him double. Then, and who cares if he was Makdish already at that point? He's he's patur from the four times, four times five. Even if the original owner was not Magdishit, even with that, the, the thief is not Hayaf times four times five. The Amarabad said, Like said, just give it to him. And he gave a already. Then, even if the thief slaughtered it and sold it, he's Patur from paying times four times five. My Why? Because once Betin gave a and then you slaughtered it and you and you sold it. Have a gazlan, you become a thief. You're sort of uh, watching this sheep and you stole it, and therefore you're not a ganav. You rather you're a gazlan. They're two different things. Vegazlan and a gazlan, an armed robbery, straight out robbery in someone's face, does not have to pay times four times five. But if Betin said you have to give him, they didn't say go give it to him, they said you have to, meaning they didn't finish the Psak Din yet. If he slaughtered it, sold it, Mishalim, Tashlomer, Baba Hamisha, he has to pay times four times five. My Tama, what's the reason? Kevan de lo Pascal, Milta, since Betin didn't give a Psak, didn't say go give it to him, they said you have to give it to him. Akate Ganav, he's still under that umbrella of a Ganav. He's still considered a Ganav, and a Ganav pays times four times five. So now, bottom line is, what is the case? Did they say, go give him, and he does not have to give the times four times five, because he's a gazlan now? Or did they say, you have to give it to him, he's still a ganav, and he has to pay the times four times five? So the Gemara explains, The Dayanim said to him, you have to give it to him. They did not finish their psak din yet, and therefore... The thief would have to pay times four times five if the owner was not a Makadishit in between. Meaning, he's still considered a Ganav. Betin said, you have to pay. Then the owner was Makadishit. And then the the thief uh, sold it or, or slaughtered it, whatever he did with it. And since it technically belongs to Hekdesh, that's why he's patur from times four times five. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.